I'll call this first sitting of the second meeting of the third session of the 12th legislature of the House of Assembly of the Turks and Caicos Islands to be held on Wednesday, 20th September 2023 at the H.T. Robinson High School Auditorium, North Baxalina, Grand Turk, to order. More members, I now call on our chaplain, Bishop Kalita Williams III, to pray for the assembly. Exodus chapter 18, verse 22, 23. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then shalt thou be able to endure, and all these people also shall go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them head over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifty, and rulers of ten. And they judged the people all the seasons. And the hard cases they brought unto Moses. But every small matter they judged themselves for the betterment of its people and country. Shall we pray? O oh God, we come together in your name in this parliament house to debate our nation's affairs and pass laws for the betterment and the welfare of your people. Grant us in our deliberations and grant us the wisdom to do what is just and to do what is fair. We ask you to bless our beloved country and grant every person peace and prosperity and equal opportunity. Help us to serve our citizens whom you have sent us here to serve. We seek your divine guidance to continue to build a better and safer and prosperous country. As we get here today, Lord, we ask for your blessings upon our speaker. As he lead us today, Lord, we ask, Lord, your blessing upon our Attorney General as he guides us legally, our Premier, our Leader of the Opposition, and all members of this Honorable House. We commend them in your care. We bless you, and we ask that you bless this house, bless this country. It is in the name of Jesus we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Pray be seated. Honorable Premier.
Good morning, Mr. Speaker. Good morning, colleague. Good morning to the gallery and good morning to Turks and Caicos Islands listening by whatever means. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I rise uh, to reorder the, the paper, order paper today. Mr. Speaker, stand, uh, pursuant to Standing Order 130, I move that Standing Order 12 be suspended to allow a dishonorable house to sit on the six feet power. Do I have a second? Honorable members, motion moved by the Honorable Premier, seconded by the Honorable Minister for Health, that this Honorable House sits beyond the 6 p.m. hour. All in favor say aye. All to the contrary, no. The ayes have it. Honorable Premier. Mr. Speaker, pursuant to standing order 49, I wish to rearrange the business of this Honorable House so that government business can have precedence over all the other business. That said, Mr. Speaker, I propose to have item number six papers to be taken as item number four, item number 11, first reading of bills to be taken as item number five, and item number 17, orders of the day to be taken as item number six. Item number 12, statement by ministers to be taken as item number seven. Thank you very much, Honorable Premier. Honorable members, strangers in the gallery, I want to welcome you here to the sitting of the House of Assembly. I also want to welcome persons who are listening via Radio Turks and Caicos and our um, social media pages. I want to apologize um, to the listening public for our late start, but we had some technical issues this morning that we had to sort out for starting this meeting this morning. I also want to send out condolences to persons who have lost loved ones since we last met, and I also want to send out congratulations to those persons who are celebrating happier times. I want to particularly send out um, good luck to our women's football team, um, who is currently in Bonaire playing um, some matches in Bonaire and Bonaire. Honorable members, I will now go back to the order paper. Number three, message, messages from Her Excellency the Governor. There are none. We will now have papers, and we will have the government of the Turks and Caicos Islands first supplementary estimates 2023-2024 to be laid to the Honorable Deputy Premier and Minister for Finance, Investment, and Trade. Honorable Deputy Premier. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, hoping that I could get the uh, the bar of my colleagues. Stand, yeah. Give me one second, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Mr. Speaker, just on a particular point, point of order or point of order. Yes. Uh, is it possible for the House of Assembly to purchase that for all members, or stand like that for all members, Mr. Speaker, while we wait on the uh, deputy, or may I have to address that to him, Mr. Speaker, that members of the House of Assembly get similar? 
that recommendation is is noted, honorable leader of the opposition. I, I, I thank you, Mr. Speaker, and Mr. Uh, leader of the opposition. I may have to uh, second that uh, with you. I'm more than happy to to do that. Um, Mr. So thank you, Mr. Speaker. <clears throat> Mr. Speaker, uh, an honorable premier, honorable members of this House of Assembly, strangers in the gallery, persons tuning in via radio and streaming media, my fellow Turks and Caicos Islanders, uh, good morning. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I rise today to lay the uh, first supplementary appropriations bill for the fiscal year 2023-2024 and have it referred to the Appropriations Committee. Mr. Speaker, supplementary appropriations estimates seek to have a net increase in the allocations for recurrent expenditure by $13.5 million and capital expenditure by 700000 Some of the new expenditures include uh, $8.9 million for the South Dock Port Redevelopment. Uh, note that this funding was approved in future budgets, but is being brought forward into the financial year, Mr. Speaker. $2 million for the Community Enhancement Program, $1.7 million additional funding for the construction of the Community Center in Bottle Creek, North Caicos, $1.4 million for additional funding for the renewal of expired leases at increased rates, $1.4 million for street cleaning and the maintenance of roads and drains, $1.4 million to cover the cost of the consumer price index at TCI hospitals, $1 million for the repatriations of illegal migrants, and $852,000 for funding the contract extension for the economic uh, substance consultant and the development of a portal strategy for the automatic exchange of information software. And Mr. Speaker, as I'm sure you are aware, there are numerous benefits investments in enhancing seaport facilities. Regarding the South Dock Port facility, these are expected to include boosting economic growth. Mr. Speaker, a modernized and efficient seaport facilitate increased trade for our islands, which will help to increase our GDP. The additional port capacity will allow for larger vessels and greater cargo throughput. In addition, job creations, it's expecting to, the redevelopment is creating new construction jobs in the short term and the long term is expected to create additional port operation and maintenance jobs. Um, speaker, in addition, it adds to increase foreign direct investment. The upgraded port facility will make our islands more attractive to foreign investors, especially those that are in industries that rely on efficient shipping and logistics. It will also come with environmental, increased environmental and safety standards, Mr. Speaker. The upgraded South Dock will have higher environmental and safety standards than what was previously practiced at the port. And this is expected to lead to more sustainable operations, pollution control, and a safer work environment. And also helps with faster preparedness, Mr. Speaker. As we are all aware, we live in an active hurricane zone, and in the event of a disaster, our government is confident that the upgraded South Dock port facility will function as a crucial hub for the delivery of relief materials and aid. Mr. Speaker, our government is also committed to supporting our local communities through initiatives such as community enhancement programs. Uh, Mr. Speaker, the CEPs can have the benefit of improving the quality of life in communities, fostering a sense of belonging among the residents, and addressing specific local challenges. I'll speak to some of them. Through our community enhancement 
programs, Mr. Speaker, our government expects to see some of the following benefits to our communities. Improved living conditions. Some of our community enhancement programs will uplift infrastructure, recreational facilities, and basic amenities within the communities, which we expect to have a direct positive impact on the residents' quality of life. It will also lead to crime reduction, Mr. Speaker. Because our community enhancements, for example, improved lighting, recreational programs for youth, and community policing initiatives will lead to reductions in crime, Mr. Speaker. Environmental benefits. Some of the community enhancement programs will address the issues of sustainability, environmental conservation, race reduction, and beautification. And increased property values, Mr. Speaker. The benefits from community enhancement will result, and will most likely result, in increased property values within the community. So the community enhancement programs are very valuable initiatives. Mr. Speaker, also, as you are aware, last October, well, October 2022, the EU added our islands to its blacklist of tax havens, claiming that we are non-cooperative on matters relating to tax. So, Mr. Speaker, to help get our islands off the EU blacklist sooner rather than later, our government hired an international, con hired international consulting firm, Kroll, and this supplementary is seeking an additional 850,000 to, well, 852,000 to extend their contract up to the point when we expect that we will be removed from the blacklist, as well as to fund the consultancy around the procurement of a new automatic exchange of information portal. Mr. Speaker, some of the funding for the priorities, and that's not all of the priorities, but I just touched on some highlights. Just right, so on a point of clarification, uh, can the Honorable Minister, please repeat that section on the consultancy again for me. I didn't get it. Uh, his voice was a little low. I didn't get all the information there. Please, Honorable Minister, if you may. Please. I'm certain the Minister will repeat that for you. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Just getting back to that point, we say, as you're aware, in October 2022, the EU added our islands to the blacklist of tax havens. Um, to help get the, our islands off the blacklist, we hired an international consult, we hired international consulting firm, Kroll, K-R-O-L-L. And, um, the supplementary is seeking an additional 852,000 to extend their contract to the point, well, the idea is that we don't know we're getting off the, um, off the blacklist. We're working very hard to get it done as soon as possible. But we were extending their contract to the point where we think we should be able to get off it because they're helping us to meet the requirements. And so, this is an extension to their contract, but also there's funding within that to upgrade the uh, information portal. So, uh, yes. The Chair recognizes the Honorable Leader for the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, I do not really want to disturb the Honorable Minister, but is it possible just for a point of clarification, is it in order for him to just provide the figure that has already been spent to the consultant? Or may I take that up at a different time, if you have it? Yes, I think that was included in the um, original budget. So that's in the budget booklet. Um, that was approved earlier this year. Yes, thank you. Um, the, Mr. Speaker, uh, oh, let's leave the opposition for the speaker. We can uh, address that in the committee. I'm more than happy to address it during the committee stage. So we're not avoiding it. I'll certainly be able to get you get you those comments. So, so, um, so Mr. Speaker, some of the funding uh, for the projects, and now uh, there, there are a lot of projects that we have listed, and uh, so I just touched on the highlight, and I may highlight some of the big ones. And so some of the funding 
uh, will be made available through changes in the uh, and to to things that are budgeted already. So some of the funding for the aforementioned priorities are being made available through. And this again, this is not all of them, but I'm just touching on on some of the some of the big items. So a saving of one million due to the actual procurement of the portal being pushed into the next financial year. So we got money for the consultancy and the uh, and the vetting of the portal, but the actual procurement of the portal of the information exchange portal is being pushed into the next financial year. So a million dollars in savings here. A savings of two million due to phase two of the national ID not scheduling to take place until the next financial year. A savings of one point five million by pushing back the upgrade replacement of SICTAS uh, into future years uh, because we were, my ministry was going to replace the SICTAS application, but we found uh, a short-term fix that will allow us to extend it and meet some of the address some of the shortcomings in this financial year. So we're able to push back uh, $1.5 million into to next year or if need be into a future year. And they, as well as the canceling or deferring of $6.03 million in development fund projects, as those identified will not be advancing to the commitment stage before the end of the financial year. Mr. Speaker, the priorities that are being deferred will mainly be funded in the upcoming financial year. So with that, Mr. Speaker, I beg leave to lay on the table of this Honorable House in accordance with Standing Order 32 and Section, 115, Section 115 and 116 of the Turks and Caicos Islands Constitution Order 2011, the Government of the Turks and Caicos Islands First Supplementary Estimates 2023-2024. Mr. Speaker, I move that the First Supplementary Estimates 2022-2023 be referred to the Appropriations Committee to be dealt with in accordance with Standing Order 115. Madam Clerk. Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Premier and Minister for Finance, Investment and Trade. Honorable Members, we will now return to the order paper and we will now have the first reading of bills. And I call on the Honorable Minister for Immigration and Border Services to move for the first reading of the Airports Authority Amendment Bill 2023. Honorable Minister. Good morning, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I move that pursuant to Standing Order 90.4, Bill entitled Airport Authority Amendment Bill 2023, be read a first time. Do I have a second? Second. Honorable Members, motion moved by the Honorable Minister for Immigration and Border Services and seconded by the Honorable Elected Member for Cheshire Hall and Richmond Hill that the bill entitled Airports Authority Amendment Bill 2023 be read for a first time. All in favor say aye. All to the contrary, nay. The ayes have it. Madam Clerk. This ordinance may be cited as the Airports Authority Amendment Ordinance 2023 and shall come into operation on such day as the governor may appoint by notice published in the Gazette. Thank you very much, Madam Clerk. Honorable Members, we will now have the first reading of the Airport Development Charge Amendment Bill 2023 to be moved by the Honorable Minister for Immigration and Border Services. 
Honorable Minister. Mr. Speaker, I move that pursuant to Standing Order 90.4 Bill entitled Airport Development Charge Amendment Bill 2023 be read for the first time. Do I have a second? Second. Honorable Members, motion moved by the Honorable Minister for Immigration and Border Services and seconded by the Honorable Minister for Education that the bill entitled Airport Development Charge Amendment Bill 2023 be read for a first time. All in favor say aye. All to the contrary, no. Aye. The ayes have it. Madam Clerk. This ordinance may be cited as the Airport Development Charge Amendment Ordinance 2023 and shall come into operation on such date as the Governor may appoint by notice published in the Gazette. Thank you very much. Madam Clerk, Honorable Members, I further call on the Honorable Minister for Immigration and Border Services to move for the first reading of the Airports Authority Security Charge Validation Bill 2020. Honorable Minister. Mr. Speaker, I move that pursuant to standing order 90.4 bill entitled Airports Authority Security Charge Validation Bill 2023 be read the first time. Do I have a second? Honorable members, motion moved by the Honorable Minister for Immigration and Border Services and seconded by the Honorable Minister for Education that the bill entitled Airports Authority Security Charge Validation Bill 2023 be read for a first time. All in favor say aye. All to the contrary, no. Aye. The ayes have it. Madam Clerk. Thank you very much, Madam Clerk. Honorable members, we are now at orders of the day. At the second reading of bills. And I call on the Honorable Minister for Health to move for the second reading of the Health Regulation Amendment Bill 2023. Honorable Minister of Health. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, pursuant to Standing Order 92.2, I move a bill entitled House Regulation Amendment Bill 2023 be read for a second time. Do I have a seconder? Second. Honorable Members, motion moved by the Honorable Minister for Health and seconded by the Honorable Elected Member for Cheshire Hall and Richmond Hill that the bill entitled House Regulation Amendment Bill 2023 be read a second time. All in favor, say all to the contrary, no. Aye. The ayes have it. Honorable Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, first let me say good morning to all my honorable colleagues um, in this house. I want to say good morning to all in the gallery this morning. 
especially the prominent secretary for in the Ministry of Health, the CEO of the H, the Health Regulation Authority, and of course, for the first time, my EA in the house and the gallery as well welcome this morning. Mr. Speaker, also let me say good morning to all the beautiful people of the Turkish Islands of whom I have the privilege of serving from Gipski to West Caicos. And those who don't know, Gipski is the key east of Grand Turk and West Caicos is the western key path the rest of the country. Mr. Speaker, is an essential entity in health care. The role of regulators, the role of, reg, the role of the regulatory body is to protect the health care consumer from health risk, provide a safe working environment for health care professionals, and ensure that public health and welfare are served by health programs. Mr. Speaker, regulation works at all levels, and the regulatory standards are developed by government and private organizations as well. Mr. Speaker, regulations are necessary to standardize and supervise health care. Ensuring that health care bodies and facilities complies, complies with public health policy and that they provide safe care to all patients and visitors to the health care system. Mr. Speaker, the HRA strategic objective is to support the Turks and Caicos government alignment with the post-2015 United Nations Development Agenda preparation and focus to achieve the new sustainable goals, the SDGs, of 2030, particularly, Mr. Speaker, the SDG number three, which brings into sh sharp focus the need to ensure healthy lives and to promote well-being for all residents of these Turks and Caicos Islands at, at all social economic levels. Mr. Speaker, this includes managing the regulations or the regulation of the entire healthcare system. Example, the provision of healthcare by government and private institutions in the Turks and Caicos Islands as an independent health regulator. Mr. Speaker, 
the House Regulations Authority, HRA, worked to protect and promote quality patient safety by on regulating healthcare services, facilities, and equipment, medicine, and jobs. Number two, setting appropriate standards, regulations, guidelines, and policies in line with international best practice. Number three, Mr. Speaker, ensuring compliance with those standards. Number four, ensuring fitness for purpose. And number five, Mr. Speaker, managing complaints of a regulatory nature. Mr. Speaker, I am pleased to announce that this draft bill before us today, which seeks to amend the House Regulation Ordinance to align with improvements made in the drafting of the House Regulation Authority regulations is a testament to the hard work and determination of my ministry and HRA staff after an extended, vigorous, internal and external stakeholder consultation process. Mr. Speaker, proposed House Regulation Amendment Bill is really important and that it provides the legal framework for us to take immediate action now to address the existing challenges that we are facing. Mr. Speaker, while the House Regulation Amendment Bill substantially addresses many governance and regulatory deficiencies, it is imperative that we ensure that the required legal framework is placed, is in place that helps keep track and how well of how well the healthcare system is complying with its contractual obligations and other legal requirements protecting public interest. It also lays down, Mr. Speaker, the standards for technical operations, safety and quality as required, apart from the contracts themselves. And the penalties, Mr. Speaker, are also for non-compliance. Mr. Speaker, this bill, again, seeks to amend the House Regulatory Ordinance, again, to align with improvement made in the drafting of the House Regulation Authority Regulation. Mr. Speaker, let me, I seek to take you through the clause. 
Mr. Speaker, clause, a few clause, important clauses, sir. Clause number three seeks to amend section two of the ordinance to include a medical spa and the definition of health care facility. Mr. Speaker, clause number five, number four, it seeks to reflect the correct post name, which is, Mr. Speaker, Chief Medical Officer and not Director of Health Services. Mr. Speaker, Clause number five seeks to amend section nine of the ordinance to clarify that a member of the board may be removed from the board if he fails to comply with the requirements to declare conflict of interest or observe confidentiality. Mr. Speaker, Clause number six seeks to reinforce that a healthcare facility cannot operate without a license. Mr. Speaker, clause number seven seeks to ensure that applicants are clear on the restriction and the need for consultation with the HRA before constructing a new facility and for, and for the approved health services for a medical spa. Speaker, and as we progress in this debate, you will understand why that clause is very important. Speaker, clause number eight seeks to insert the provision to clearly set out a license is non-transferable, Mr. Speaker. Clause number nine, Mr. Speaker, seeks to allow for maintenance of a health facility Register. Clause speaker number 10 seeks to amend the ordinance to insert new provision to clearly provide for the license of a sole practitioner to enhance provision on the notice of change of particulars of a license and the requirement to apply for variation of licenses for certain changes in a license, which include application of change of ownership of a, of a health care or of a health care or weird change related to the change of a health services operation of hours or 
spared capacity and so to expressly prohibit the operation from from promises not approved or the change of moving promises of a house facility without notice. Mr. Speaker, Clause 11 seeks to amend Section 35 of the ordinance to provide more provisions for revocation and suspension and the provision for appeals of those decisions. Speaker of course, 13 seeks to amend the ordinance to insert a provision for the requirement to surrender a license. Clause number 16, Mr. Speaker, seeks to insert provision to empowerment of the authority to disclose information if it is in the public's interest and in furtherings of improvement of public health and safety to provide for the establishment and maintenance of a register of health care facilities. Mr. Speaker, clause number 17 seeks disclosure of information of public interest and establishment and maintenance and, and maintenance of register. And Mr. Speaker, Finally, clause number 19 seeks to amend section 52 of the ordinance to substitute the transitional provision. Mr. Speaker, in closing, I would like to read that the HRA activities are aimed at building appropriate motive and attitude, policy, and health care protocol within the health care, mainly to enhance good practice and a better clinical culture adopted in these Turks and Caicos Islands. Speaker, I invite this house to debate with you. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister, for your presentation on the Health Regulation Amendment Bill 2023. Honorable Members, the floor is now open for contributions to the debate. Are there any contributions? Chair recognizes the Honorable Leader of the Opposition. Thank you very much, 
Mr. Speaker, and let me say a pleasant good morning uh, to all those tuning in throughout the St. Caicos Islands. Uh, I would use uh, what the Minister of Health said is a good way to say it, from Gibbs Key to West Caicos. But I don't think Gibbs Key is the farthest east key here. There, there is some farther east. We, we have to go a little farther, but I do like where he's coming from. And I'm going to find that father's key, uh, Honorable Minister, and use likewise. I'm going to borrow that from you, if you don't mind. Yes, yes, I have it on the computer here, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I too want to associate myself like you did with all the bereaved families of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Uh, we know that the angel of death has been very busy in the Turks and Caicos Islands, Mr. Speaker. And, you know, every house meeting we come to, we have to send out bereavements to a number of families. And uh, this week, you know, I want to again send out bereavement to my own family on uh, the person of our Emma McCartney. That is the daughter of our first national hero, Honorable Jakes McCartney, who will be laid to rest uh, this coming Saturday, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Mr. Speaker, also, let's give congratulations to the sports teams, as you did. I want to associate myself with that also, Mr. Speaker. And again, to say good morning to all those inside the gallery, uh, those working with the Attorney General's chambers, those from the Ministry of Health, and those from the Premier's office, and suddenly those representing the House of Assembly here. Uh, Mr. Speaker, it's a little bittersweet for me again to see these health regulatory, this bill. And like I said, I rise to make my contributions to this health regulations Amendment Bill 23. Uh, Mr. Speaker, we know that regulations are much needed. We know the reasons why we need the regulations. And I want to say how happy I am to see a native Turks and Caicos Islander holding the post. Mr. Speaker, it's always good when our people rise to the challenge and not be there by saying that because I'm a Turks and Caicos Islander, I have to be in this position, but I am qualified for this position and I am a Turks and Caicos Islander. So we have our qualified people in these posts. Somebody thinking to just because they're Turks and Caicos Islander, Mr. Speaker. So it's happy to see uh, the persons. But Mr. Speaker, I think that we should have gone farther. And this by no means is at the ministry level, I think this has to do with more leadership level, Mr. Speaker. I do think that by now we need tougher regulations. When we're looking at dealing with Interhouse Canada, Mr. Speaker, uh, the big institutions, I see a lot of these regulations really geared at the small, the local doctors, the local labs, the local spas. I see these revoking of licenses and all that. I see all these regulations, but it's more look like it's targeted towards Turks and Caicos Islanders, our doctors, our local nurses, our local health facilities, you know, revoking license. Are you really going to revoke a license of Interhouse Canada if you find them wanting? Minister, is that going to happen? What are we doing here to deal with all the issues we hear, complaints? Dealing with NHIP, treatment abroad, abroad. Uh, some people get wonderful service at Interhouse Canada. Some people do not. 
Mr. Speaker, but not because a few get wonderful services. We need to ignore the ones that do not, Mr. Speaker. Just as much as there are people saying, oh, I had a wonderful visit at the hospital, there are people who have a nightmarish experience, Mr. Speaker. Waiting times, cannot see the physicians, persons complaining that they have been diagnosed wrong. I have no proof of it, Mr. Speaker, but I can just say persons have been complaining about that, that they have their proof. I'm just relaying the message, Mr. Speaker. So what in the regulations is going to deal with those issues, Mr. Speaker? These wild good, Mr. Speaker, they have to go farther, Mr. Speaker. I heard the minister said to ensure uh, health care comply with safety, quality, uh, the facilities, equipment. Mr. Speaker, we had had complaints of the MRI equipment, different scans, not being calibrated. This is complaints that we have been hearing in the public. Where does this regulations go in dealing with the big giants, not the little people? How do we deal with the giants? Again, this regulations ask you that you can go in and investigate and walk through a soul. Do you do that within the House Canada? Do you go down to Cheshire Hall Medical Center, walk through and pull and let me see your records? Does that is this reg, are these regulations giving you more power to do that? And demand records, demand information, not just something, okay, let's give uh, the people from the government this and then we're going to, you know, they're going to go by their business and we're going to continue what we're doing. Mr. Speaker, a lot of things have raised and said lately, a lot of ugly occurrences. And I know anytime when I get up, Mr. Speaker, I know what the minister response is going to be. He was there in 2016. He was there before. It was his government. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, you, you, we, we all know what we're going to expect. That is his defense for everything. Instead of bringing solutions, he always comes up. And we know how his voice goes. And, you know, we, we, we sit on and we, we listen to it, you know, Mr. Speaker. But these occurrences, Mr. Speaker, these occurrences, these are things that have been happening lately. These are things that our people are complaining about now. And I am not there, Mr. Minister. So you cannot use that example anymore or that excuse. You have been, uh, your administration have been there for almost three years. You have to account for your stewardship and not push the blame on someone else and saying, oh, he was still, you know, you cannot say that. We're talking about complaints that we are seeing now, complaints about NHIP that we are seeing here and now, complaints about the hospital that we are here and now. And we have the people out there, Mr. Speaker, people are willing to come forward. But where's the protections? How do we get that information? How, we move, how do we move from that information that people are willing to give about their service? How do we move from getting that information from our people? have been misdiagnosed, who claims that they have been misdiagnosed, wrong diagnosed, and get action taken, Mr. Speaker. That, that is what I wanted to see more in this reg, these regulations. Because when I saw the changes coming, I, I, of course I was happy, Mr. Speaker. Uh, I can say some history. The Rufus Ewing administration did a lot of work in getting this moving. Uh, the Health Professionals Authority, the Health Regulatory Authority, they brought it. And uh, our ad, uh, administration got it set up and 
moving it moving and getting going. And now the complaints, Mr. Speaker. And if we here to fix the ordinance, I think we have to do it right. And we have to not make it where it's mostly targeting our people, our little people, our doctors who want to go into the private facilities, our labs, our spas, Mr. Speaker, our small health care facilities, Mr. Speaker. That is what I'm saying. Nothing about dealing with the big issues. Nothing about dealing with the big boys. Nothing about dealing with the giants. Nothing about dealing with the complaints that we have been getting from Interhealth Canada. And Mr. Speaker, I have to say, I have nothing personal against any of the staff, Mr. Speaker. But I do not agree with a lot of the managerial principles that take place at Interhealth Canada. And I have been on record saying it, and I will continue to say it. It's nothing against the people. They They are working in the environment that they are placed, and they are doing the best that they can in that environment. But Mr. Speaker, the managerial structure, you know, their modus operandi, how they conduct business, Mr. Speaker. I do not like how they conduct the business and provide health care to our people. And as long as our people have a complaint, it should be a concern to us. As long as our people, the one, as if one person complains about not receiving services, proper service, we should get that. We should come here and represent on their behalf, Mr. Speaker. We should not be afraid to say, well, in Health Canada, oh, that's a big, that's a big contract, that's thing, or we can't touch that. No. Change the regulations. Make sure that you have the teeth to go inside here and represent for our people. So that is why I'm saying, yes, these little things are important. But these, they are not dealing with the big 8,000-pound elephant in the room, Mr. Speaker. That's, that is my point here. These regulations are just dealing with our people, the little man, the, the doctors, our local doctors trying to make it, but it's not dealing with fixing the issues that we're seeing in NHIP and then treatment abroad, not dealing with the issues that our people are complaining about the hospital, Interhealth Canada facility, not dealing about the treatment and the service and the diagnosis, uh, the level of the equipment. Uh, when it came onto screen, onto a stream, Mr. Speaker, we heard about state-of-the-art equipment. But any medical person who can walk inside there and look at the equipment and say, well, this is some state-of-the-art. I've been to facilities, I work in facilities other places. What you're calling state-of-the-art, you're getting a 649 tax in Cakes Island. This is not state-of-the-art. But we hear that term before, oh, we're going to have a state-of-the-art facility and all that. Mr. Speaker, a lot of the equipment hasn't been state-of-the-art, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, we heard of scanners that wasn't calibrated properly and giving people the wrong diagnosis or misdiagnosis. People have their reports. People do a scan here and it's saying one thing, and when they go off, the scan is saying the next. People getting the diagnosis here in Turks and Caicos Islands, taking medication, and when they go off, doctors asking them, why are you taking that medication? That is not your problem, Mr. Speaker. We are hearing of these things. It is not me saying it, Mr. Speaker. I haven't been down there for any treatment. I have never been on treatment abroad. Mr. Speaker, but people are saying this, people are reporting this, that they have been going to our facility and saying that this is wrong with you. Take this medication. And after they are referred to a next place, they find out that 
they are taking the wrong medication. Mr. Speaker, how is this going to address that? By this regulations, does these regulations give you the power now to go to Enter Health Canada and say, we are revoking your license. You are no longer fit to operate in the Turks and Caicos Islands. We're going to replace you with someone. Does these regulations allow you to do that, Mr. Minister? We have the complaints. Does these regulations allow you? And, and Mr. Mr. Speaker, I have to interject here also. Something uh, last week when he was saying uh, the reason why the leader of the opposition did not, not know what is going on in NHIP is because he didn't put someone on the board, Mr. Speaker. He didn't put his appointment. That's what he said, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. Honorable leader of the opposition, let's try and, and um, restrict the debate to, to the current bill that's on the board. Yes. Thank so, you. Yes, Mr. Speaker, I'm just trying to show you uh, the reason why when he was saying that and the reason why my appointment wasn't there, because the names I sent, his cabinet has been refusing there, Mr. Speaker. So how can I get the names there if when I send the names, his cabinet sit around and refuse them and reject them? But he didn't tell the people that, Mr. Speaker. But he blamed me for not having an appointment there. But when I send the names, uh, it's rejected. But we have... Someone who we can put there now, we have a suitable person. And I have to say, it was in collaboration with the Honorable Minister. Yes, it is. It is in collaboration. No, Mr. Speaker, and, and he, I, he opened up the door. According to their standards, I have someone who they consider suitable. But all the persons before I know were suitable. But according to their standards, I will do com command, uh, follow suit. But again, Mr. Speaker, it was in collaboration with the Honorable Minister. You know, I'll give credit where credit is due. He had a conversation with me on that. You see, Mr. Speaker, even though I come down hard on him, we do have a cordial relationship where we can talk to each other. You know, he comes down hard on me, I come down hard on him, but we are so still cordial to each other, Mr. Speaker. So, Honorable Minister, I'm not against this bill. I'm not against these regulations. But it's not doing what our people want to do. It's not going far enough. Deal with the big issues. Deal with the big issues. I heard you said uh, to promote wellness, well-being. I do not see how these regulations are promoting well-being. Honorable Minister, there's much more that needs to be done to stop our people from getting sick, to go to Enter Health Canada, they need them, to need them to be flown off, Mr. Speaker. I do not see these in the regulations. I do not know how it can be here. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, we have a chance to deal with the issues that our people are complaining about concerning health care and the regulations of health care. But again, all these clauses, revoking, revoking the license, uh, operating without a license, uh, additional licenses, uh, change in ownership. All, all that is, I believe, is just geared toward targeting our people. You know, revocation of suspension of license, surrendering of license, clause 13, go down. Inspection and examination of health facilities, clause 15. All, all those things. Are they doing that to enter Health Canada right now? Are they ex inspecting and examining on a regular basis? 
and how much inspecting and, re- and examining are they doing? Mr. Speaker, this is what is happening now. This is the things that we have to address now, Mr. Speaker. So again, Mr. Speaker, I do believe that these regulations are not going far enough. And with that, I will ask the Honorable Minister to please revisit this and look at how we can deal with the main issue, the main issues that our people are crying about, concern and health care, concern and regulations and health care, dealing with NHIP, treatment abroad, uh, dealing with the hospitals, dealing with the issues that our people are complaining about. We are put here to represent them. If they are complaining complaining about it, if they have a problem with it, then we should have a problem with it. We are representatives of the people. So whatever they say out there, we have to bring it to the house. Because the whole, the reason why we are here, because the whole six, seven thousand of them cannot pack up in this house and say that they have been getting bad treatment, bad health care. They select representatives to come in on behalf of them and make their case, Mr. Speaker. And that is what we have to do here. That is our job, to make the case for our people. And this is what our people are complaining about. The treatment and care at NH, uh, NHIP, treatment abroad, and the hospitals, and the Health Canada. That, those are the big issues that we are grappling with in our country right now. And we, if, wherever we have a chance to fix them, we have to do it on behalf of our people, Mr. Speaker. And I will assist this government or any government of the Texas and Caicos Islands or my government of doing it, Mr. Speaker. And again, much has been done before. I'm not going to take the credit of setting up this because I was in the House when the regulations first was brought by the Honorable Dr. Rufus Ewing administration. And then we took it to the next place, got everything set up, and I'm happy to see that some attempt and adjustments are being made. But dealing with the issues right now, this afternoon, Father, Mr. Speaker, with that, I sit, Mr. Speaker. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Leader of the Opposition, for your contribution. The Chair recognizes the Honorable Minister for PPID. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Honorable House. Uh, strangers in the gallery, those listening via social media, of course, the nation station, RTC. Speaker, I'd like to speak to these amendments and regulations. Um, I would like to send my condolences out to all those that would have lost loved ones um, since I would have uh, been last in the House of Assembly. Fortunately, I was in the last meeting. I was off um, at my cousin's wedding, so I was in here at the last last meeting. I also like to wish those that are have happy birthdays as well as anniversary celebrating over that time and that is to come. So, Mr. Speaker, I rise to support this bill, the Turks and Caicos Island Self-Regulation Amendment Bill 2023. Mr. Speaker, I ain't going to be too, too long because it's a straightforward bill. But I wanted to point out a, a couple of things because I listened intently to the leader of the opposition's presentation. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand which bill he was referring to. Because a lot of the things he was speaking about was actually addressed in this very amendment bill. 
But before I get to the details of that, so you know, back up what I'm saying, I would first also like to congratulate the, the head of the HRA, Person K. Gonzalez, a qualified that came on the you know, my tenure as the Minister of Health at the time. And the difference, though, Mr. Speaker, is I don't need to put a caveat like the leader of the opposition who had to say, you know, a qualified Turks and Caicos Islanders, you know, raising the doubt of whether or not Turks Islanders who are in position of authority, whether it's a question of whether they're qualified or not, Mr. Speaker. We can't be perpetrating a fraud on the people because you're feeding into stereotypes that is in the public domain about who Turks and Caicos Islanders are, as if we can't hold senior positions in the service or in the private sector, or it had to be, okay, you've just got it because you're a Turks and Caicos Islanders. Like, we haven't been to the best schools in Jamaica, the best schools in the U.S., like our honorable leader of the opposition, with his sets of scientific qualifications, where he was a senior civil Mr. servant. Speaker, uh, check the chair recognizes honorable leader of the opposition. Is Mr. it a point of Mr. order Mr. or a point of clarification? Uh, Mr. Speaker, the honorable member is misleading the public on my no, comment. I'm using your words. Uh, Mr. Speaker, as we know inside this Honorable House that he is always the one who is questioning people's qualifications. He did it to me and he did it to uh, many other oh, people. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Honorable, Speaker, can you sit for me? We, not, we never said that Turks and Caicos Islands cannot hold any position. Mr. Speaker, all we were saying that, you know, it's not by entitlement that she's there. So if anybody have any doubt on that, we, we just clarifying that it's not by entitlement that she's there, that the person holding the position was qualified. We didn't go down the auto race, Mr. Minister. Honorable Minister, please um, proceed with your presentation. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. As I would have said, I just don't put any caveats in congratulating people. When I say congratulations, I say congratulations and I move on. So I will move on just the same. Mr. Speaker, looking at the explanatory memorandum, and again, I, I was wondering why all of this thing, because, Mr. Speaker, at the end of the day, there's a saying that, and this it applies to these regulations, there's no secret cow, sacred cows. So, Interhealth Canada, the hospitals, Tuxedicus Hospitals, as a medical facility is subjected to these regulations. What the leader of the opposition failed to remind the people is that we have a contract management unit who also, along with the HRA that is now being properly set up, the regulations being updated to deal with our current situation also has jurisdiction on how the hospitals Operate. So it's not only the HRA that has jurisdiction for all health facilities in the country. Also, we specifically have a contract management unit that we would have recently strengthened by bringing in additional resources so we could increase our quote-unquote firepower to be able to ensure that it's managed appropriately. So, Mr. Speaker... Clause 3 seeks to amend Section 2 of the ordinance to include a medical spa in the definition of health care facilities. Why? Because we knew that in the environment, there were applications 
four medical health spas coming forward. Uncovered, we made the amendment to say, you know what, we need to capture this too because we don't want people operating in the Turks and Caicos perpetrating as if they are something, but they aren't properly regulated by the appropriate authorities to make sure that not only the Turks and Caicos Islanders that might visit that facility gets the appropriate treatment, but our guests as well, who may be coming in and saying, okay, well, John Doe, medical spa, Turks and Caicos, come on the beach, stay off, get you whatever, whatever treatment, and here, but go unregulated because it wasn't captured. So that's an amendment to capture that, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, again, clause 66 to amend section 29 of the ordinance to expressly prohibit the operation of health care facilities without a license and add more clarity to provisions for application of the license. I can't see anything wrong with that. Should you be operating a medical facility without a license? Are we a lawless country, Mr. Speaker? Are we promoting lawlessness in this country, Mr. Speaker? I'm trying to understand what the point was because it ain't a, well, if John Doe ain't being regulated, let's allow Jane Doe to be unregulated as well. You should be saying, listen, if you're regulating us, make sure you regulate them. You can't just open the thing wide open just because you feel that historically under previous governments, you got to, people got to run wild and do whatever they want, Mr. Speaker. This is a new government and a new day. We're trying to make sure that we enforce what we need to enforce, but you have to have the legislative backing to be able to deliver on that. And once we have the regulations, we will provide the appropriate human resources to back it up, to ensure that our Turks and Caicos Islander CEO will shine, because again, it ain't just about having our people in position. It's about resourcing them, too. And this is what this government is known for doing, Mr. Speaker. It's what we're here for. Again, let me touch on a couple more, and then I will press. Because, oh, yeah, I do support the regulations, just so you know. Um, if I missed that earlier. Mr. Speaker, Clause 10 seeks to amend the ordinance to insert new provisions to clearly provide for the license of a sole practitioner to enhance provisions on the notice of change of particulars of a license and requirement to apply for variation of licenses or certain changes in the license, which include, it goes on. Speaker, what's wrong with that? We should know who owns these licenses, Mr. Speaker. So this is straightforward, practical things that we're trying to do to make sure that this industry is properly regulated because we're talking about lives here, Mr. Speaker. This ain't just Soda, mom pop shop, sliding through business license without having it, selling whatever. You're talking about medical facilities, medical, medical. This is health. This is people's lives. The same lives the leader opposition was talking about. We're trying to actually save them and protect them. So, again, I'm not sure what bill he was referring to with the various rounds. Mr. Speaker, clause 68 seeks to insert a provision to empower. I like that word, empower. I use that sometimes. Honorable Leader Opposition, the authority to disclose information if it's in the public interest and in furtherance of improvement of public health and safety to provide for the establishment and maintenance of a register health care facilities. This is providing the authority to empower them 
to disclose information to the public. So no secrets. This is allowing them to have the register. So if you have any doubt that John Doe or Jane Doe Medical Facility, they look a little sketchy to you, you can go to the public register and say, all right, well, yeah, they only register, they, they legit, Mr. Speaker, which is really common sense to me. That makes perfect sense. And lastly, Mr. Speaker, Clause 17, 6 to amend Section 51, to clearly set out that the regulations may set out guidelines for standards to be issued by the authority for health care facilities. I wonder if in the uh, Health Canada or Turks and Caicos Hospitals is a health care facility. I sound like they have power to regulate the very people you were wondering whether or not this gives enough authority and teeth to be able to re regulate our biggest health care provider. And the country, Mr. Speaker, is clear. Very, 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 very clear to me, at least. I ain't got my glasses on, but it's still clear. I'm using glasses. Thank you. I need it, but thank you. But very clear, Mr. Speaker. And this is what these regulations and the amendments do. To put us and future governments in position to be able to regulate this very, very important industry within these Turks and Caicos Islands. So, Mr. Speaker... Hopefully, for the sake of clarity, the leader of the opposition is now empowered. He's now educated. And I want one, I won't find one, not an EWAD, but I can leave that. <laughs> right? To be able to take this bill out to the people and, and tell them about the good news of what we've done for the people of this country, Mr. Speaker. So with that, Mr. Speaker, I thank you. And again, I support this bill. Thank you very much, Honorable Member, for your contribution. The Chair recognizes the Honorable Elected Member for the bite. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I know that we're here to discuss this Health Regulation Amendment Bill, but before I do, Mr. Speaker, I want to say a pleasant good morning to um, everyone who's listening in, especially from my constituents of the bite. Um, Mr. Speaker, I also want to say, um, send my condolences out to persons um, who have suffered loss um, by whatever means. Um, we had recently, I was told, the loss of, uh, I think, uh, someone we all know by the name of Kung Fu, Andy Capron. I heard that, um, uh, I got uh, news that uh, he passed uh, while in Jamaica. Um, being uh, being worked on. So my condolences is to his family, which is my family, um, on the passing of him, and to many more or those who are suffering as well. I want to pass on my condolences, uh, Mr. Speaker, and to those who are celebrating whatever. I want to say, um, you know, continue to live in peace and harmony and. Uh, celebrate whatever you're celebrating in a nice manner. Congratulations to those who um, who um, who just celebrating whatever, whether it's a wedding or whatever they're celebrating. Congratulations, uh, Mr. Speaker. Um, I listened very attentively to this health regulation amendment bill, but uh, Mr. Speaker, I have my own version and. Um, 
I would like to, I rise basically to give, uh, make my contribution uh, to this bill. Mr. Speaker, I noticed on the Section 7 amendment to change director to chief medical officer, which meaning now that the chief medical officer, they're still operating as the director, but it's just under a different name, chief medical officer, um, which, is, which is fine. Um, Mr. Speaker, I want to go down on the Section 29 with the amendment Section 29.6, a person should not operate a healthcare facility without a license issued under this ordinance, uh, which is all fine. Um, who are policing these, um, these licensing to know that if a person got a license to operate, whether a pharmacy or whatever facility that has to do with healthcare, we want to know who is, um, who is policing that. Um, also, uh, Mr. Speaker, um, we, this, this amendment also talk about, um, the, under section 29 again amendment, under C, by inserting the following, um, immediately after subsection 6, then you go to 6A, the authority may, before the board issue a license, conduct an on-site inspection of the premises of the healthcare facility. Um, but then, Mr. Speaker, late, um, further down in the back on page four, it speaks about somebody has to make an application before they can get a license. I think that should have been one of the forefront that comes out in the, in the mind of person uh, who will apply for a license. That should be almost on the front page. We're talking about healthcare, we're talking about facility of medical. We want to make sure if you're not qualified, you shouldn't be even considered to even try because later on it mentioned about that. We have to take um, healthcare very serious in this country because um, we all know there's a lot of skullduggery that goes on into the medical facility, into the medical area here, and some medical facilities, whether it's pharmacy or whatever, um, they have their own standards, and we got to make sure that the government standards is met because uh, as Turks and Caicos Islanders, we are few in numbers. Um, Mr. Speaker, also um, a license issue on operation of a healthcare facility should be only for the premises in the name of the person's name in the application. Mr. Speaker, I just want to um, touch on something. I know the government is uh, contributing a lot of money um, to the healthcare service here. Um, how do we know we're getting bang for our buck? That the millions of dollars that we uh, that we're putting out to the facility um, are we getting the best service for our for our dollars spent? And in these specialties that are happening in the medical facility, I mean, I like I said when I first I have my own version because I'm sure we all in here have heard of some sort of uh, something bad that happened from medical, um, the medical facility here. Um, and we need to, if we talk about amend, making amendments, there are things that should be really and seriously considered um, in terms of if we're getting proper 
um, service for the specialty into um, surgery because um, surgery seems to be some mishaps um, that we all hear about. Uh, without me going, I know of a uh, few um, alleged, um, but that's not here for me to discuss or to say, whatever. But, um, you know, we talk about surgery. Um, are we getting um, a good um, doctor service? Do we have um, the right people that will carry out these surgeries? Um, you have surgery. You have persons here who, let's just say, are doctors, but they're quick to cut you. They don't even self-diagnose what your problem is. And I can tell you that um, on this house floor, um, some years ago, that was a confrontation that I had um, without knowing, not for me, but with someone else, without knowing what surgery needs to take place. You have um, uh, surgery doctors and doctors who really cut you right off the top. Person got a bad knee and they would limp it, then all of a sudden you need a knee surgery. I mean, um, like I said, we all hear these kind of reports that come out of our healthcare. But what, what happens to them, you know? Um, and also, I want to just make mention before I go on, I want to make mention about the treatment. Um, Mr. Speaker, and for the listening public, I want to say the treatment abroad, um, I don't know if I could use the word mess, but if I can't, forgive me for using that just now. But it's a, that's what it is. Um, because it is not living up to the standard and the amount of money that the government is paying for that type of service. Um, I've gotten numerous phone calls from persons who, uh, who are away on, um, on the treatment abroad program, and it's just a disaster until at some point I even went. Um, and I, there's no way you should leave from Turks and Caicos Hospital and you go to a foreign country and you sat down in front of the, the doctor that they sent you and to be told, what can I do? That should never happen. No, uh, maybe third world country. I don't know. But that should never happen when you sit in front of a doctor as a patient. In Turks and Caicos go abroad and you sat down in their chair and you can ask, what can I do? You got to start the whole process over giving them your name, tell them how you're there, what you're there for. Your racket should follow you. And that's one of the main complaints that we have. Persons go to these places, told that we're going to send your racket, they get there, the doctor never receive anything. How easy it is, talking about amendments now, how easy it is for the patient who always accompanied by someone else to take the record. Because if, if you can't send them to me, I email them to me, print them off and let me take them. So when I go to a doctor, I go to the doctor where you send me, I present them. So they can look and say, okay, your appointment is for tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you later. These are amendments that we can make by making things much easier and more convenient um, for our patients when they go for the treatment abroad. Treatment abroad, like I said, is not working in the favor of many Turks and Caicos um, Islanders. So I just hope that um, that will be considered because um, I've heard stories and I've seen it with my own eyes 
um, sitting next door to, to be ah, what can I do? Uh, what, what can I do? Without having oh, I don't have your record. Oh well, did the hospital send it? No. You know that that is not acceptable for any Turks and Caicos Islander, and I think uh, or anyone who is um, involved with the treatment abroad program, we need to do better in stepping up our game um, because we're losing too many of our Turks and Caicos Islanders because uh, for whatever reason, uh, insufficient information and also not getting the treatment in a timely manner. And like I said, I have my own version. And I could go on and on. I've known of incidents where uh, a patient was diagnosed and they had to go. They were supposed to be sent out. They sent them out seven months later. And I have, I have doctors. They sent them out seven months later. When they sent them out, it was too late. And what happened? The person eventually died. They died because they were kept there for seven months. They didn't get sent out. And these are true facts. I mean, these are things that should never happen. Um, so I hope with the, uh, with the treatment, with the healthcare regulation amendment bill, um, whether we do it now, sooner rather than later, we can go ahead and have, um, have these things, um, looked into. Um, Mr. Speaker, also, um, I want to make mention, um, um, just like how we outline about license for a medical spa, um, where it says uh, 29C3, the following is required to apply for a license for a medical spa. Anything that deals with medical, that should be one of the big highlight headings, writing for person, because I have no idea about medical, none different from going on Google and Google and stuff, like most people do. Sometimes good doctors, they might do that Google stuff to diagnose your problem. But we need to set a determine where a person's going to go and um, make an application for a license if they have no knowledge on, on any medical. Here we talk about partnership. I think our partnership should be on the both persons having medical. Um, if they're going to apply for a, for a medical license. I think I, who have no knowledge about, uh, about medical, should be able to apply for a license because I have a doctor who's going to sign in with me to um, apply for a license. I think a license is something that should be done by both persons having similar skills but in the same medical field. If you're... Um, Outpatient doctor, I'm a surgeon or whatever. Yeah, but that's just my 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 thing about it, and I think those are things that should be looked in on how we can go about bettering the condition um, of our medical facility that has to deal with our day to day lives um, in terms of persons who are experiencing um, so many different difficulties. Um, another thing too, uh, Mr. Speaker. I know that, um, I believe there are, right, there are persons who, I'm sure there are complaints that comes from the medical department, um, from persons who, uh, for whatever reason, whether they have a family member experience uh, uh, some sort of uh, 
get proper, uh, I just said proper treatment, maybe not the right word, but who wasn't treated properly. And they file a complaint. Who do they file a complaint to? And where does that complaint go? Because the complaint has to go to somewhere and to somebody. And if there's a complaint, what is being done about those complaints? Are uh, they just pushed aside for they need it 
so they can be treated uh, uh, accordingly. Uh, once they get there, so persons, doctors will know what they are against, and it saves time of when persons go over there. I mean, it's a, the treatment abroad program is a long and lengthy process, but I don't want to go and take up more time than I should, but I think that's something I'm willing and ready to sit down and give my suggestions to whoever want to listen to me because it's a total mess. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member, for your contribution. Um, are there any further contributions? The Chair recognizes the Honorable Opposition Appointed Member. Good afternoon, Honorable Speaker. Good afternoon, colleagues. Mr. Speaker, I rise to make my um, brief contributions to the bill that is currently being debated on the floor of Regulations Amendment Bill 2023. Mr. Speaker, my um, first observation of the bill is that the bill does not address any of the issues that um, that are currently being faced by um, individuals um, that are seeking medical treatment here and abroad. Um, we have had uh, um, monthly contributions from the Honorable Member for the Bite who have raised these issues and also the um, Honorable Leader of the Opposition. Um, this bill does not take into consideration any of those issues, and this bill is not, is not um, intended to take into consideration any of those issues. Mr. Speaker, my understanding of this bill is that this bill is, the main purpose of this bill is to regulate what's deemed to be a medical bar. That is the sole purpose of this bill. While it captures other, um, other, other amendments to the current re regulations, it, 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 it mainly focuses on legalizing a medical spa and what is termed to be a medical spa in the Turks and Caicos Islands. And the reason why I say that, Mr. Speaker, if you look at the very um, two clauses of the bill, Clause 3, where it says... Um, Amended um, section to amend it, and in, in the bill reads basically um, healthcare facility means premises at which health services are provided by a registered practitioner and includes a medical spa. Number one, where health services are provided and facilities shall be construed accordingly. And it goes on to give the interpretation of a medical spa. And it says a medical spa means an entity that provides medical or health or wellness care in an environment that integrates traditional spa services with alternative and cosmetic medical treatment and therapies. 
So, Mr. Speaker, as I've said, the, the sole purpose of this bill today is to legalize medical spas and detoxing Caicos Island, and it gives you an interpretation of what a medical spa is. And it also goes on, Mr. Speaker, um, at cross um, 29C. Let me make sure I have it correct. Um, restrictions on issue of a license, 29A, 29C. And it says um, license for a medical spa. Again, as I've said, the whole purpose of this bill is to regulate a medical spa, to operate a medical spa in the Turks and Caicos And it now goes on to say um, license for a medical spa, and it reads a medical spa which intends to provide health services and their facility shall apply for a license for a health care facility for the specific services to be provided. An application made under Section 1 shall be made in such form as may be prescribed and accompanied by prescribed fee. The following is required to apply for a license for a medical spa. And it goes on to say a medical spa must have a registered health professional qualified to administer the health services. And only, and it, and it gives, and it chair, gives a list. One moment, sir. The chair recognizes the Honorable Minister of Health. Is yes. this a point of order or a point of clarification? That's a point of clarification. Mr. Speaker, this, this bill is very clear on what it is. It is not a bill solely on legalizing um, medical spas. It's a regulatory bill that regulates the whole health sector. Thank you. Thank you. Please proceed. And let me make a comment. I've been listening here, and I think we need to contain our comments with the bill on the floor. I mean, I think we're talking about treatment abroad. Treatment abroad has nothing to do with this bill. And so what we need to do is contain our comments and our contribution with the bill that's on the floor. Thank you. Mr. Speaker, thank you very much for that intervention. That is exactly what I've said. It has absolutely nothing to do with treatment of abroad and other issues that we are currently facing within um, the medical sector in the Charleston Caicos Island. That is a fact, and that's what I've said. And I've said, and I, and I maintain, my understanding from reading the bill is to legalize medical spas in the Charleston Caicos Island. The bill goes to the extent to give an interpretation of a medical spa. The bill goes to the extent to also provide what kind of services can be performed in a medical spa. As I've said, there are other issues that are captured in the bill. But the purpose of this bill, and I maintain that, the purpose of this bill is to regulate medical spas in the Charleston and Caicos Island. Now, as, as, as I was saying, Mr. Speaker, um, before I was interrupted by the Honorable Minister, which he could have said in his closing um, submissions when he um, giving his, wrap, his wrapping up, but he chose to in, in, interrupt me. However, um, what, 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 what I was saying is that um, the only, the, the bill goes on to say, the only services 
that can be provided in the medical spa. And it, and it has a list of five um, treatments that can be provided in the medical spa. And it has microneedling RF, laser treatments, PRP injections, IV therapy. So there you have it, Mr. Speaker. As I said, and I don't want to sound repetitive, but because the minister chose to interrupt me, um, this bill is focused on, focused on legalizing medical spas and 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 also it, it, it also, as I said, it captures um, and it and it basically puts something to the current like the current regulations um, for enforcement and penalties for individuals who um, do not comply or go astray um, against contrary to the current legislation and regulations that are currently in place. And it provides the penalties for those individuals who may happen to um, operate illegally or who happens to operate without a license. So the bill takes into consideration on a whole scale of anyone who put themselves out as a medical practitioner and provide services, medical services, there are penalties that those individuals can face. And this regulation captures that part um, of, of, of um, what is being presented here on the floor today. And, and, and Mr. Speaker, not to um, waste any more time, um, as I've said, if, if, if we go through the bill, you will see basically um, it's, it's focused on medical spas, and then it goes to the extent of whereby it 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 it, um, it puts in penalties for individuals who operate without a license, and it also um, it, it also regulates what is required of an individual to qualify to operate. Um, or provide medical services within the church to take silence. And um, with that, Mr. Speaker, there isn't nothing further I can contribute at this stage. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Member, for your contribution. Are there any further contributions? The Chair recognizes the Honorable Governor's appointed member, number one. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Good morning, colleagues. Good morning, those strangers in the gallery, and good morning to those listening to us by the various means. And let me extend words of condolences and congratulations as expressed earlier. Speaker, I support the bill, and my contribution is brief to two clauses. Clause uh, 16, which I believe, Mr. Speaker, is an excellent move by extending the powers of the minister to grant an exemption from the fees. I believe that the current ordinance simply tied the hands of the minister too strictly by only allowing exemption to public health care facilities. So I applaud their move, Speaker, 
My only hope on that one is that there's clarity and discretion as to how we interpret public interest. How are we going to exempt facilities from those fees because it's in the public interest? So, Honorable Minister, we need to have some guidelines to ensure that that interpretation is applied evenly and fairly across the healthcare field. Speaker, um, the, the other clause is clause 17, which deals with the disclosure of information. Now, in the absence of a freedom of information ordinance, which I hope will come to this House very soon, there needs to be some clarity or some process or procedure as to how it is that this information can be requested by the public. There needs to be uh, perhaps an application form or perhaps some sort of process laying it out. How can the public obtain this information if it is deemed to be in the public interest or for the improvement of public health care in these islands? And I ask that the minister take those two contributions into account when he's do his wrap-up. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Thank you very much, Honorable Member, for your contribution. Are there any further contributions? Are there any further contributions? Are there any further contributions? If there are no further contributions, and I'll call on the Honorable Minister of Health to wrap up the debate and to commit the bill to the Committee of the Whole. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, as I seek to wrap up this debate today, so Mr. Speaker, I'm always amazed by the leader of the opposition, and no matter how he tried to jump pitch and try to mimic me, Mr. Speaker, the, the truth is always in the proof. It's always in the public. Because, Mr. Speaker, he talk about what this regulation and what we try to do. As a matter of fact, Mr. Speaker, he spent 92% of his time talking about something totally different that is before this House today. This is a bill. This is a authority. Yes, Mr. Speaker, I said it before in this House. That politics is about your racket. Mr. Speaker, he talk about all those things they've been regulated. Mr. Speaker, I've been the minister for nine months. And everything he talked about was a colossal mess under him for four years and two months. That is a fact. But what this bill seeks to do, what this bill, Mr. Speaker, seeks to do, what this new minister is doing is putting in the provision. It's making preference. You see, you can't. No general goes to war. I know that this sector, treatment of God and what's going on in the medical field in this country is a mess. But you tell me which generals 
goes to war without preparation. You got to put the necessary framework in place to clean up all the mess you're talking about. Well, you can you you can say what you want, Mr. Leader of the Opposition, but I can tell you, I can tell you one thing. You go out there, Mr. Speaker. You go and. Honorable member, please allow the yes, I didn't interrupt the honorable minister to wrap up so that we could um, commit this bill to the committee. Yes, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, 2016. I'm, I'm talking about the proof in the pudding. This ordinance, this ordinance was set out to govern the health care system whether public or private. Four years and two months, Mr. Speaker, he didn't move the needle one ounce. That's why the sector is a colossal mess that I have to clean up in this good government. And we can do it, you know, Mr. Speaker, because this, this principled ordinance has not been brought into force except under you. Under you, Mr. Leader of the Opposition, four years and two months, no regulation, running wild. But I can tell you for sure, you heard that the CEO was just hired under the last minister who left seven months ago. And you all be quiet. No, but I listen to you all. Be quiet. Let, let the public, let the public know. Yeah, because I always remind you of the record. You did nothing. Everything he jumped up on. Oh, this is happening there. This is what they regulated. This regulation governs all facilities. What did you miss? Public and private. Why is that difficult to understand, Mr. Speaker? It says medical facility. It didn't say big, small, but not in the house. That's what it didn't say that. And had he had he enacted and put in and moved with the ordinance on the his four and a half years, maybe, maybe these issues that he talked about that he got, you know, I, I guess Facebook is his daily read, because every time he comes in here, no matter what is before this house, he, he gives a speech on what is on Facebook on the current day. Because that's what it is he hasn't addressed. The, the chair recognizes the honorable opposition's appointed member. Well, just Do you have a yeah, point of yeah, clarification, Mr. Speaker? Do you have a point of clarification or yeah, a point of order? Yes, I just need um, the honorable minister to clarify if he is saying there is currently no legislation in place um, for for, for um, regulating the the, um, the medical the medical practitioners. If that is what he is saying. Honorable Minister, please please proceed with your with your wrap up. Mr. Speaker, that's why those they over there can be in the wilderness for the long time. He's still not listening. He's still not listening. No one. I didn't say that that um, the regulation. That's how professional. That's a different ordinance. Like I coming back to the house very shortly to fix that too, and he couldn't fix the four years and two months. That was coming. Mr. Speaker, again, these regulations speaks to all health care. It's a 
does not differentiate between the sizes of the facilities. Speaker, it's not about treatment abroad. And yes, Mr. Speaker, we all know there's a lot of issues going on, and that's being fixed too. Because the next time he comes here, he will have to bow and say, this is the fixing minister alone. There are hundreds of people in this country that couldn't get you in your four years and two months. Issues you, you counting about, those issues being there from you. And ask them how long it took to take this minister who cares about them to fix those long leggings. I'm fixing them every day, Mr. Speaker. So issues you couldn't fix in four years and two months. Yeah. You, you, I tell you all about warming up, cold grip. If you may get more than you ask for. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, the very equipment. You all hear me? You all listen? The very equipment that he, he talk about wasn't diagnosing and doing all this. For the people, but the speaker, check the equipment that was there with him. He, he didn't know it wasn't good equipment for four years and two months. He didn't know. Huh? But I can tell you, under this good government, you watch, we, I mean, the, the equipment was so state of the art, we had a broke, broke on the whole whole wall of the hospital to put in the multi-million dollar state-of-the-art new MRI and CT CAT scan in the hospital to advance diagnosis. Boy, the proof is in the pudding. Honorable. I'm telling you. Honorable. Mr. Speaker, Honorable. take it back. Please, please withdraw that statement. Thank you. Yeah, the leader of the opposition is suddenly not a boy. I withdraw that. Uh, Mr. Speaker. I, I, the, the chair recognizes some uh, leader of the opposition. Uh, point of order uh, 70.3. Yes, uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, the 70.3, that is on page 35. Uh, Mr. Speaker, again, while we are always enjoying the honorable members uh, presentations, Mr. Speaker. Uh, the problems that he is fixing isn't mine. These problems have just reared their ugly head recently. You're fixing the problems of your former, your Minister of Education, uh, Minister of Infrastructure, and your Minister of Finance. We're talking about recent issues. And Mr. Speaker, any issue concerning healthcare, I'm not on Facebook looking and bringing in information from Facebook. I'm bringing in information from the people, but it's not from Facebook, Mr. Speaker. Um, Honorable member, the, you, you chose the wrong, you chose the wrong section of the standing orders, but I would let that pass. But I would ask, I would ask the Honorable Minister to wrap up so that we could um, commit this, this bill. Mr. Speaker, thank you. Please don't let them interrupt me again. I want to wrap this up. Speaker, the leader of the opposition 
is aware of the ordinance and the criteria. I don't know why he did not do this, but he is aware. And to come and hear the speaker today to seek to create mischief and convolute what is before us today, this this amendment bill will strengthen the HRA. Finally, it will become operational, the most vital, vital institution to govern the whole health sector. Keep that on. Keep that on it for four years. I want the country to understand it clearly. And Harry done something with it for four years and two months. Perhaps, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, again, Mr. Speaker, I had the honorable member honorable. of the House. Honorable Honorable Member, do you have a point of clarification or a point of order? Uh, Because the Honorable Member does not have to yield if it's only a point of clarification. No, no, he doesn't have to yield. So do you have a point of order or a point of clarification? clarification, And he doesn't have to yield on that. If he wants to continue, he continues. But I will bring in a timetable and lay it on the floor. Of everything that was done for HRA, honorable leader of the opposition, he is not willing to yield. So please, yes. So I'll get to you, you and we'll see. Honorable leader of the opposition, please. I'll lay it on the table of the House. Honorable leader of the opposition, please take your seat. Thank you, honorable minister. Please proceed. Mr. Speaker, I keep reminding him. Mr. Speaker, I keep reminding him that we are both for Bastelino. I know how to play bat and ball just like him. If he bowl, I can bat. And I can certainly bowl. With the speaker, he seeks to convolute this massive progress we are making in the health sector to eradicate. This is the beginning, Mr. Speaker, of putting in the regulation that will bring order to the sector that he refused to bring, even with the ordinance, came in for the last year because we your social trend here. Every time we seek set up something to fix the sector, they came and they just break everything down, just like they did Sunkegas Airport. Remember that? I'm breaking down everything for four and a half years. Nothing progressed. And now, Mr. Speaker, Honorable Member, please allow the the Honorable Minister to continue. Finally, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, he opened up South Cape's Honorable Honorable Member, are you raising on a point of order or a point of clarification? No, he has to clarify. Honorable Member, are you standing on a point of order or a point of clarification concerning South Cape's Airport? I'll be happy to speak about South Cape's Airport. Please take your seat. You're, the Honorable Member is not willing to yield. Yeah, please, I'm not yielding. Please take your seat. Sit down. You're ready, ball. Now I'm batting. Yeah. But, Mr. Speaker, we ready to fix that. <laughs> we ready to talk about what you didn't fix. And that's why, perhaps, Mr. Speaker, had he do the work that the people sat him to do over there, perhaps the very colossal problems we have in and the second, yes, Mr. Speaker, his, his, his 
appointed member, the opposition appointed member, talk about these far and regulating it. It's a speaker. It is important that if anyone is going to take treatment, these kind of treatments in any spa or any kind of medical facility, it must be regulated. He should know, Mr. Speaker, this is a heavily regulated department. Medical health care is heavily internationally regulated. And so you've got to put these regulations in to protect all the residents and citizens of this country. And so, Mr. Speaker, finally, as I commit this bill to the this amendment bill to the Committee of the Whole, this bill is a great move in beginning to finally regulate and clean up the health sector of this country. And one thing, Mr. Speaker, as they say now, one thing you call Sean Malcolm, it can get fixed. And I will say, Mr. Speaker, regulating when we finish the deal that they couldn't understand. They didn't understand. He didn't understand how important it was to complete the good work that the last PFP government started in this factor. So he let us sit down and catch up. And so it, we, we had the vision from day one to make sure the sector would not have gotten out of control. It ain't just got out of control, Mr. Speaker. I met the sector out of control. I'm seeking to regulate it and get it under control. And by God, Mr. Speaker, I'm going to get it under control. All the areas. So, Mr. Speaker, with this, why not, Speaker? This regulation bill seeks to regulate. It doesn't differentiate between is this one, that one, small, big, local, private, mashing down. It doesn't do anything. It seeks to put order and regulation into the sector that will benefit all the people of this Turks and Caicos Islands. So with Mr. Speaker, with that pursuant section, standing order 93. Mr. Speaker, that this bill entitled House Regulation Amendment Bill 2023 be referred to the Committee of the Whole. I thank you. Humble member, you need a second? Do I have a seconder? Humble members, motion moved by the Honorable Minister for Health and seconded by the Honorable Minister for Tourism that the bill entitled Health Regulation Amendment Bill 2023 be committed to the Committee of the Whole House. All in favor say aye. All to the contrary, no. The ayes have it. Honorable members, we are now very close to the 1 p.m. hour, and therefore I will hereby suspend this Honorable House until 2 p.m. This Honorable House is hereby suspended.